friends. Welcome, my friends. Oh, man. <laughs> you open the podcast every time. <laughs> with that. Welcome, my friends. Oh, man. Welcome, my Well, here's the reason I say, oh, man. It's just, I don't know. I feel, I feel so fake, man. I don't know. This, <laughs> what is a podcast? What is recording with my friend and never releasing it? The world may never know. The world may never know. Right. I'm Caleb Kopp. I'm Mitchell Barnhart. Welcome to us speaking, and it's called and recording Cellmates. it and distributing it called Cellmates. Called Cellmates. We uh, we're calling it Cellmates. Um, I kind of just this was my first idea actually. Really, Edge Bully. When we were talking, mm-hmm. that was like the first thing I thought of was, um, like, well, not the first thing, but I was just kind of thinking, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about. Uh, the concept you've been going through with your discipleship of co-journing mm-hmm. and how our relationship, especially in the last four or five years, has been um, not one of us in front of the other, but but kind of equally yoked, equally pushing and working mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and, you know, like pulling each other forward. Right? Definitely. So um, then I was thinking of this concept of what. Uh, the apostles did and, and, you know, they're with these guys, they would do ministry and they would stick together no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, even if they're in a cell, even if they were cellmates. Mm. And uh, it's also kind of funny because you and I have lived across the hall from each other or down the hall from each other for the last four years. Yeah. Different buildings, different halls, but definitely <laughs> very close. Still, still neighbors, still neighbors. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what that means for me. I mean, I don't know what other insight you might have for that, but it's been it's been fun actually. Like since we last recorded, I've been kind of distributing this out to other people and like, hey, this is called cellmates. And my sibling was the most critical. Like, why have you even been to jail? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, no. The answer is no. But that's not necessarily the point, I guess. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it the reason I I kind of like the idea of cellmates is like. We are brothers in Christ. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we've grown up together in such a way that like we've endured a lot of hardship together. Yeah. Like being in, being in a cellmate, being a cellmate is not necessarily something you choose or a roommate. If I, I don't want to disparage the people who are literal cellmates. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but like, but it, it, it hasn't like, Actually, we were talking with the guy yesterday about this, that even mm-hmm. though it was our choice, it's obvious like I was working in us living together. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like even yeah. though we, you know, exercised agency and chose to go to this. Well, I chose to go here and you chose to come here too. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so I guess freshman year, we didn't really choose. But, no. But um, but we chose to live each, live with each other for the next three years. Yeah. And – I look back on that and it doesn't really feel like something I made happen. Oh, certainly you know not. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I It's funny too because uh, we're still roommates. And fun fact, we're recording in... In my room. In Mitchell's room. This is... I, I just want to... I mean, I get that this is in a, a non-visual medium. So I can't <laughs> communicate what's going on in here. But in my room, I have a desk with the computer set up. And I also have a very big TV on the other side of the room. Kind of irresponsible. It's pretty irresponsible. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, my grandparents were getting rid of this TV. I was like, you know what? It'd be a shame to let that go to waste. We got too much old stuff getting thrown away. I'm going to use it. So yeah. I plugged it in, and we hooked up a Chromecast. 
and we're casting the display on the computer in front of Caleb's face. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of that he's sitting at the desk. So he's on there and kind of piloting, but then I can see the whole screen over here. So I'm just laying in the comfort of my bed, yeah. recording a podcast. I don't even think we should go back to the studio. If the audio is good, <laughs> let's just keep doing it in here. I we'll see, man. We'll see I'm happens. good with it. <laughs> hey, man, we might not go back to campus. Yeah, with, that's true. With all the all the COVID nineteen business going on. How are you holding up with the good old Rona virus? I don't have it yet. I mean, yeah. I, I could be transporting it, but I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody could be transporting it. It's true. So. Um, not to incite fear. I've actually not to <laughs> incite fear, but that is a fact of the case. I mean, I am not a pure journalist, but a definite part of my heart is with that. And so mm-hmm. that's actually been a lot where my heart's been is um, a lot of journalists and a lot of my friends have been getting slammed for being part of the media and, and, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, just being slammed for hyping up. COVID-19 and and cause and like causing the panic and causing the harm and right and and journalists have been kind of fighting back on social media and posting stuff and I follow a couple uh Instagram accounts that are like news people Mm -hmm. that's like just generic about news and like sponsors news people and puts out job apps and like it's a really cool yeah 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 and they post like we are not the media we are journalists we didn't tell you to go buy toilet paper we didn't right. tell you to not wash your hands oh no no we didn't tell you to this this and this and that we right. told you to wash your hands yeah and so that's kind of actually where a lot of my allegiance lives are right now just yeah. because that i just i feel for that i i've been in newsrooms and breaking situations and i've covered mm, mm-hmm. some stressful stuff and so i hate to watch my brothers and sisters in journalism get reamed for being part of the media um, so that's kind of where I've been sitting. As far as COVID-19 goes, I've been washing my hands. Good. I like staying home. I used to be hella extroverted hmm. and now I've definitely mellowed out to the point that I'm totally fine just being home. Oh, absolutely. Around you and around our, our roommates and yeah, hanging out with some friends, but not, I don't really feel the need to go out into large crowds and big public spaces. We have food. Yeah. We have a plenty of amenities to spend my time doing i also have a lot of homework i could be doing oh for sure so not gonna happen yet i'm not no there's no way (laughs) Uh, but yeah so i mean i'm actually relatively calm Mm -hmm. it was really stressful last week when yeah when everything was like canceling and breaking down and then the day that everything was canceling on march 12th i uh called a high school basketball game Mm -hmm. it was a playoff high school basketball game for a school in town and uh the gym was like mostly empty it was just family and mm. people it was still loud it was still a good game but okay yeah it was um but just with that backdrop going and calling a game was just had a lot of anxiety plus there was a ton of unknowns i mean now praise god i've figured out that like i'm still gonna get paid for utvs that's good for my work um it's very possible that my student job which involves handling a lot of equipment and stuff mm-hmm. i'll still get paid for even if I'm not actually there doing it, my, my boss, um, is a man named Derek. He, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I could do a solid segment on Derek cause Derek's a great guy, but, <laughs> uh, but he is figuring out a way to keep us getting paid cause he doesn't want us to just have to go find jobs. Like I have other friends that are servers and that are like people that are just now yeah. filing, like a friend of mine just filed for unemployment yeah, or for temporary unemployment because, 
her job just evaporated from underneath her. Right. Understandably, I mean, I'm not trying to go after government officials for that. I understand the choice, and I think that if mm -hmm. I had to make it, I'd probably make the same choice. Absolutely. It also just sucks for everybody that's affected. Yeah. So. I, I'm good, man. I, coming into spring break, I felt really weird. I felt like this isn't real. This isn't real. Like nothing real has happened yet. I don't feel like my, my time in, in this world is currently being affected by this virus. It felt like I was watching just a movie yeah. just all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and something that my good friend, Andrew Peabody told me the other day is that this is like, uh, the type of event that defines an entire generation kind of like nine 11, not necessarily yeah. to the whole scale, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely that level of thing. Hold yeah. On. Which side is the mic on? Is the mic up here? No, the mic is at the bottom. It's at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, we're recording on our phones, <laughs> on our phones. Yeah. Two separate phones. <laughs> Two separate, it's, yeah. That's, I think it's pretty dope, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely, I think a nine 11 thing. Whether, whether I'm not saying 3000 people have to die, but I'm saying that like, it's going to be the kind of thing that does shape the country for the future. At least, yeah. For like, I, I asked, um, Kyle Blake this morning, I'm like, where were you when nine 11 happened? He was like, I was in school teacher wheeled in the TV and we were just watching the news. And he's like, my dad was doing business and he was supposed to fly back home. And then he's like, how, he I don't didn't. know if I can't, yeah. if I can. And it's like the, they grounded everything for like a week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the world changed when it came to airfare, the world changed when it came to immigration and, and gun laws and a lot of things, a lot of things. Yeah. The, I think it's funny. You and I were praying before the podcast that this would be what God wants it to be. And we had already planned out what we want to talk about a little bit. We've violently left. That's <laughs> left okay. Our roadmap. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's totally okay. Um, um, to jump back on that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So um, that's what cellmates is about. Yes. About five minutes ago, we were talking about what cellmates means. That's the reason I have for the name. Right. And whatever other insight you might have. On so that. I think the the, mo the biggest piece of insight that I have is like, I, I think of Paul in Second Timothy, which is majorly accepted to be the the last book he wrote before he went and died. And like, Paul is writing to Timothy and he's like, hey man, um, I'm reflecting on my life. A lot of people in the province of Asia have abandoned me, but also um, the Lord has shown mercy on me. And like, I want to encourage you, Timothy, that as I leave, continue to do ministry, continue to, to be the worker that God made you to be. Yeah. And like I, whoever listens to this, even if it's just me in the future, yeah, I want this to be an encouragement. Well, I was, I was encouraged just because for me, just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying not to like diagnose myself right now, but just like with the different realities of of my life, it can be hard to feel very grounded, and it can be mm -hmm. hard to like mm -hmm. like remember who I am, and not not like to the level where I'm like disassociating crazy hard, but just like there's a sense that I'll just be like walking through life and not really like being present for being it. present. I guess yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know. That's not ambiguous but <laughs> but anyway listening i've listened to the last episode like four or five times yeah and every single time i just enjoy listening to you and me talk yes which is second to enjoying talking with you so oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah oh my god that's kind of that uh no but that's actually a concept that we were talking about when we were kind of brainstorming this is that it's not about um i mean i don't see myself as paul and I know you don't either. Right. But 
there's there's just something to be said for God's done stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I, I, I came up with this sentence and I'm sticking with it. I've said it like five times is um, the way I see it, this podcast is you and me discussing mm-hmm. things Yep. for the edification of whoever wants to listen and who, yeah. and, and then God will do what God will do. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And yeah. I think I, I really appreciate your intent and like, I've been, I've been like showing this to people and like having to explain and like, be like, yeah, this is just why we're doing it. People are a lot more excited than I thought. Yeah. That struck me as, uh, I haven't really been distributing it that much, actually. That's I just okay. kind of wanted to let it sit. Right. But um, just the feedback that you've passed on to me has mm-hmm. been like stunning. The people are like actually excited about it. Because I've recorded media before. <laughs> At least once <laughs> or twice. Wasn't very good. Um, Your news is good. No, I'm not talking about these. I'm talking about my uh, short lived music career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, oh no so that didn't go very well (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to save that for another time the short of it is that uh, a friend of mine got um i don't know caleb's typing hang on short-lived music career that's all i'm saying um i a friend of mine is actually very talented with uh with making music and, and just finding beats and rapping. Yes. Yeah. And and he does have a definite skill for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have a affinity for writing poetry and, and using words in such a way that they can communicate concepts. I mean, I, I'm not a poet, but I like to write poems and, um, I mean, if you called yourself a musician before, I think you can call yourself a poet. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm more confident in my musician skill than in my poetry (laughs) skill. So, um, but, yeah, so we were noodling around. We recorded a kind of a joke album that exists out there, and I st- it still causes me huge pain. Yep, whenever and I no one to will it. find no it. No one will find it. <laughs> Except they might go looking for it now. When did you record that? Oh, last two summers ago. So like right after freshman year, right after sophomore year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was working at a pizza place here in town. Oh, that's right. The that's summer. right. That's right. Yeah. It's anyway, it's a good lesson you learned. From that time that in your life, and I learned uh, sophomore year was was a, that summer was really rough. Yeah, because uh, like all my primary, secondary, and then most of my tertiary groups of friends all left town. Yeah, and I did not want to be home because I didn't really have anything there. I had like just whatever jobs, and I'd rather live up here. Mm. I'd also just gotten my car. Yeah, that's so right. I, I that. was a delivery driver for a pizza place in St. Cloud, mm-hmm. and I liked that job. Like I think it's I think it was a great job. It's not a career for me, but it's a good job. Mm-hmm. Like I would recommend. I, like if I'm a parent someday, Lord willing, I I would be totally fine with one of my kids being a delivery driver. Yeah, probably. Probably. I'd be totally fine with one of my friends being a delivery driver. With my, it, the, the the drawback is if it were literally one of my own kids. Yeah, that's kind of because I've gone into a couple hairy situations. Oh man, <laughs> this one dude tipped me eleven dollars. Okay. Because he was totally just high as a kite. Okay. And he meant to tip me one. It was like a five dollar order. He meant to tip me one. Yeah. He ended up tipping me eleven. I said, This is eleven dollars and he's like, Yeah, whatever, go away. And I was like, all right. That's okay. Fine. So I walked away with a really good tip. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, man. I think being a delivery driver uh helps you learn the city real well. Oh yeah. Helps I- you understand how to get from point A to point B. I've lived in St. Cloud 
all of my years of being in school, yep. I still navigate everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I navigate everywhere regardless. It doesn't like it's not a qualm that I have, but I'm always like, dude, how do you not know this city by now, bro? Ignoring the fact that I spent three years driving every inch of it <laughs> or three years, three months driving every inch of it. So and then henceforth driving every inch of it since you still had your car. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But yeah, but yeah. I mean that was that was that was a good time. That was when I really met and connected with uh, my mentor and discipler Brian, mm-hmm. um, who I mentioned before. He's uh, he's the one who introduced the term "going to the mat" to mm-hmm. me. Um, he and I are very similar, but he's like twelve, thirteen years older than me. He's a pastor at the church we go to, and he's really that much older. Yeah, he's got four kids, bro. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. We're going to be old that way. Bro. At one point. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, oh, goodness. Yeah. But uh, do you feel like that when you're old? Like, okay. Sorry, not old. When I'm old. Brian's not old. He's just older. It's kind of fun to mess with him, though. He, <laughs> no, no, no. He gets a little crotchety no, sometimes. He'll get, <laughs> he'll get kind of like. He's just not grumpy, not like like not really negative or angry, but just like he'll get crotchety. He'll just get kind of mm, – mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny. He'll be like, hey, where did I put that thing? <laughs> okay. Here's my real question. Okay. Yeah. But Ten years. Ten years from now? Yes. Do you think that you'll be proud of who you'll be? Do I think you'll be proud of – do you think – do I right now think that I right now – will be proud of me in 10 years. Yes. Kind of a dumb question. No, that's okay. Answer it if you want. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I certainly hope so. Yeah. I I think that just <laughs> in light of recent events that will remain ambiguous to the audience, I okay. uh, I very well could be. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think, I hope so. I really hope so. I struggle um, with like never being fully happy with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has a bunch of manifestations, but it's also the source of my work ethic. Mm-hmm. And so I will just blood, sweat, and tears my way through things. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That's a skill. God can use that. It also has a drawback in that I never am fully proud because I always feel like I could do it better. Yeah. So in 10 years, I would just want to be a servant of the Lord, whatever it is I'm doing and wherever it is I am. It matters a lot to me. It's how I get a lot of my, my, my worth, my feeling of joy. Like naturally. Naturally. Yeah. You ever heard of the Enneagram? I have heard of the Enneagram. <laughs> have you heard of the Enneagram? Have you? Have, have you? Person? Listening? One of my best Enneagram jokes in the world yeah. uh, was at the expense of the entire population of Bethel University. Oh my <laughs> What was that? I was hanging out with my friend Emma at a college kid event uh-huh. um, at a church in town last semester. Uh-huh. And I was talking uh, with a person who is the same Enneagram type as me. And he and I discussed a lot of ah, that, yes, that yes, reality. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and, and Emma goes, are you guys talking about the Enneagram? And I was like, yeah. Don't you know you attend Bethel University where they teach the Bible and the Enneagram side by side? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, not my proudest moment. Not gonna lie, that that one is not on the resume, but that is still my best enneagram joke I've ever made. Do so. you think? Okay, this is a real question. Do yeah. you think you put your enneagram tab in your resume? Uh, 
Uh, no, just because I feel like it's still kind of uh, like a novel thing, mm. a- at least in the public eye. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with like the fact like, okay, I think I, th- I think it's very possible that in like 20 years, mm-hmm. Enneagram types could be on resumes. I would do it right now. I'm not going to do it right now <laughs> just because the people I'm applying to are not going to care. That, yeah, that's true. But I, I, yeah, I'm shooting for like, no, not necessarily, but the, the career that I have chosen shoots yeah. me in the direction of like business minded people yeah, and stuff like similar to me. Yeah. I have had in my professional interactions, people ask me about my Myers-Briggs type and I never thought that that would actually happen. I don't even know why Myers-Briggs. I don't like Myers-Briggs. I, I feel like it's, yeah. Uh, I like the Enneagram better. Just because I do like just because yeah. that's the way that I it's been the most impactful for me. What are you? I am a three. I am a I'm a achiever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm success oriented, usually kind of pragmatic. I tend to be adaptable and I feel like I am pretty driven. Yeah, um, definitely. So for those that care to learn more about the Enneagram, I'd recommend a website called EnneagramInstitute.com. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if we can toss links in descriptions, but I'm pretty sure we could. Uh, yeah. Put a link in there if or whatever. It might be there. It might not. If not, you know. EnneagramInstitute.com. .com. This is not this an is ad not read. This is not But it has really good detail. So for three, uh, it says that threes are self-assured, charming, ambitious, competent, energetic. Uh, they can also what? You didn't read attractive. Yeah, I didn't read attractive. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really. I don't know. I just I didn't. I I I came up to a mental roadblock when I wanted to say that word, so I just that's fine. Just, just scooted right you, over. You know how to read news. I can also be status <laughs> conscious and highly driven for advancement. I'm, di- uh, I'm diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with image and what well, can't be. I am overly concerned with image and what others think of me. Um, I typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. So this is something that's really cool about this website is it breaks it down in really easy chunks. This is how I came to the understanding that I'm a three. Yeah. Um, at their best self, they're self-accepting, authentic, everything they seem to be role models who inspire others. There's been a, like one or two times in my life where I've been like that mm. and it has genuinely felt like my best self. I feel like that term gets thrown around. I don't, my best self doesn't gain automatic legitimacy. Right. Uh, Cause my best self is however God uses me, but um, very true. Very true. But as far as understanding just me, that's pretty true. Yeah. Um, I love this. This is my favorite part. Uh, the basic fear, basic desire. So if you're confused as our friend Grizz was, uh, for a little while, mm-hmm. uh, the basic fear, basic desire really is the lip, the litmus paper test. Yeah. Um, cause you can, cause the thing is like these concepts are not like people that aren't threes aren't attractive or charming, right? They're like, you know what I'm saying? There are, there, <laughs> there are, uh, these are not specific to each type. Right. 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 But these are like more defining factors. Yeah. I, I think twos are attractive sometimes. Not all the time. Okay. But most of the time. Um, so the basic fear is of being worthless and the basic desire of a three is to feel valuable and worthwhile, hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. True. I say crazy. I listen, dude, I listen to podcasts. Like I said, like five times mm-hmm. I said crazy way too often. It was bugging me. Cut it out. Redundant. Right now. Cut it out. Yeah. No more crazy. Quit producing. No more crazy. Yeah. Um, 
the key motivation for me is to be affirmed and to distinguish myself from others, to have attention and to be admired and to impress others. That's all true, but it's all to the end of the basic desire. Wanting to feel which worthwhile. Which is to, to, well, to feel, I want to prove it. Mm. Right? I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I don't care how I feel. <laughs> I do. I mean, I care, but I don't care. You're under the weather. Tough. Come in and work. Like the, it's. <clears throat> you know what I mean? That's just how I tend don't to say be. that in the Rona. You know, I yes. Obviously, there's some context. <laughs> if you're sick, that. don't go to work. If you're sick, don't go to work. Please. Period. That's that's the end of the statement <laughs> there. Now, two weeks ago, before Corona was a big thing. Yeah. People are like, oh, I feel kind of icky poo poo. I shouldn't be able to work. And it's like, that's t- get in here. What are you doing? Go to work. Yeah. You know, because they just felt weird. You w- woke up on the wrong side of the bed and your stomach was, you know, a little unsatisfied. Whatever. You know, there's like, whatever. This is not the health podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, I'd never read the three with the four wing, actually. So I, I know I'm a three. And for a long time, I thought it was a three wing, too. But here's the thing about threes is they sponge. And they chameleon. Yeah. Which means that like I'll soak up the the energy in the room. I'll soak up like people's moods, um, people's interactions, people's mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is ties right into the chameleon. Like threes will adapt and fill whatever hole they see out of a motivation of having value. Yeah. So if a three needs to be passive and be just a quiet backbone, they will do that. Even though their natural inclination might not be to do that. But then threes will also be the first in a class to say, let's do this thing. They're, they're, you know what I mean? So um, so I spent a lot of time around you, obviously. And so it's not unsurprising that my three – that I thought I was a three-wing two for a while. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just – then I actually spent a summer spending a lot of time around a four. Um, mm-hmm. And I – just kind of she and I, and she's also huge into the Enneagram. Yeah. And so we would talk a lot about that. And I kind of realized that I'm probably three wing four, um, just because the ambiguity of my own heart to myself, um, mm-hmm. and my desire, my ten- tendency to be nostalgic, which is proven true as heck in this senior year. Um, <laughs> like just, we had our last hockey broadcast and I was an emotional wreck cause it was over. Yeah. It was sad. Um, just a lot of stuff. So, so I'm definitely a three-wing four, um, and I'm still coming to peace with that. Now, the I want to put this disclaimer out before we continue to discuss, and I'll, I'll this could be the whole podcast. I'm fine with that. But, yeah. Um, our friend Audra, I believe, had a really good way of putting it. Yes. So what Audra said about the Enneagram was there is absolutely no standard that could be written down and synthesized into nine distinct types to accurately and fully succinctly summarize all of God's unique 7 billion plus human beings on this planet. Yes. And this will probably be the most accurate reading of yourself you'll ever read. (laughs) Uh, So for me, I'm a type two. Uh, Enneagram is a helper. It says the caring interpersonal type generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. I love uh, you to death, bro. Yeah. Those are all super true. What is demonstrative? Demonstrative. Demonstrative? Yeah. You uh, you, <laughs> you have, when you play uh, D&D, you use demon strats the whole way. Oh. That's what that means. That's actually really true. <laughs> I love fire spells. <laughs> I didn't know if that was true. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, demonstrative is... Um, so part of it pulls from the so if you find the root right demonstrate so mm, you, you mm, like mm-hmm. it can um, demonstrative te- yeah just Google it this is not good I'm just kind of playing Jeopardy with myself this is well bad. I appreciate that yeah uh, demonstrative tending to show feelings especially 
of affection yeah openly so demonstrative oh see what i'm saying i am demonstrative also demonstrative at least in my family of origin has a kind of negative connotation Hmm. just because we're all demonstrative so um (laughs) because (laughs) uh no just because it can be like very uh uh forward Mm. and like a little in your face it can be hard yeah, and so that's very, I can be difficult. That that's that's true. I mean, you're yeah. not unique in that, and everybody can be difficult. But mm. just the way you display yourself, for better or worse, and I think it's for better because it's genuine, mm. can be in your face. Yeah, you know what I definitely. mean. Definitely. And we, you know, we don't need to dig into your psyche right now any more than we already are going. Yeah, to. we're about but, to. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what demonstrative means. Sweet. Uh, twos are empathetic. I actually typically I'm gonna read this in the first person. See if it. Yeah, it messed me I, up when I was just doing it. <laughs> I am empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted. Facts. I'm f- okay. Friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all super true. Uh, well-meaning and driven to be close to others. Wow. Can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. Ah! Ah! Yep. They typically, I typically have problems with possessiveness and acknowledging my own needs. Oof. At your best? Uh, unselfish and altruistic. They have unconditional love for others. Oh, look at that biblical language. Unconditional love for yeah, others. Dude. Altruistic. God loves all his children, but he made the twos straight out of First Corinthians. <laughs> Two? First Corinthians. First Corinthians 13. Showing a disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others. Altruistic. Unselfish. Yep. Cool. Uh, basic fear. Oh yeah, here we go. Of being unwanted, unworthy of being loved. Basic desire to be loved. One thing I think is super cool about the Enneagram is that it it, it is hand in glove with the ideology of the five love languages. Mm-hmm. That now, I mean, it's they're not the same, right? But you can see a ton of crossover. So if you're familiar with one and you interact with the other, you're already going to be familiar with the concept, right? You know what I mean? So, um. Like, you know, to feel love. So, like, you you do things for people and you help people. Yeah. And that's how you communicate love to people. Yeah. It's also how you receive love. I think I receive, yeah, definitely I receive love the best from, like, gifts and service and things. I remember one time when I was in high school, a girlfriend of mine, we gave each other gifts pretty frequently just because that's how she received love a lot. Yeah. She made me a blanket. She took fabric. She sewed it together. And yeah, I was I, I was capping. I, I'm a three wing too. I would love a blanket. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> that was honestly one of the best gifts I've ever received. Yeah, I. It's sad that that blanket is ruined for me in a memory, but it is what it is. It's a good memory of the gift, though, dude. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. God used it to help you understand even more than you maybe already did about how you give and receive love. Right? That's true. You're reflecting on it right now. That, thank I'm, you. I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I'm achieving. I am. Achi- I'm correct. So uh, I am valuable in this podcast because <laughs> <laughs> you are valuable. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Want to be loved? Express their feelings for others. To be needed and appreciated. To get others to respond to them. To vindicate their claims about themselves. All right, I'm going to stop you right here. Enneagraminstitute.com forward slash type dash two. Okay? I hate this. 
Hey, I haven't read this in so long. Yeah, dude, I haven't read mine in a while oh, either. Oh man. Okay, so specifically this part where it's um, they are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. That 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 sentence like struck me as being fairly encapsulating for you. For me? Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not, I mean, so this could be me projecting. I hate when people just tell me things like it's fact about oh, myself yeah. when I'm mm-hmm. still like interpreting it. Mm. Um, there's a ton of asterisks on that. I'm obviously not a simple being, but um, but you are super well meaning and you're very driven to be close to others. But I've also seen you slip into earning people's love. Mm. Now, this is a really hypocrite, not to make it about me real quick, but I'm gonna do that. Uh, it's fine. Threes. So this is super hypocritical of me, okay. but I will notice people doing that and tell them to stop the same way like a smoker will tell teenagers to not buy cigarettes because mm. like mm. I, I do that and I hate it. So don't you dare start. Ah. You know what I mean? So don't yes. you dare start doing things so people love you. I love you no matter what. Uh-huh. You don't have to earn it. That's unhealthy. No, Mitchell, why are you doing things to earn people? So, well, I don't, you not, know, let's not talk about it. Let's don't just, talk about me. Let's just move on. Talk about you. Talk about Caleb. <laughs> We're talking about twos. That's what's on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, there's, there's been a long series in my life where I, uh, manipulated people. Caleb cop, though people mislistening right now may not have been around. Uh, I actively tried my best to manipulate others to keep them in my circle such that I would be needed and have a sense of belonging. And like, I did this to my parents. Anytime my parents gave me some sort of punishment or barrier or boundary, I would try my best to, um, worm my way around it, like play to their sensibilities and push past those rules even my up to my senior year of high school, I like called my teachers by their first names when they weren't in the room. Like I didn't say Miss whatever, Mr. Whatever. I called them like, hello, Larissa. And um, it was extremely disrespectful. But I knew that I was getting this attention. And I knew that because they labeled me as a cool, good kid, what are they going to do to me? They're going to keep me around. They're not going to push me away for this. And it was terrible. It was absolutely abysmal. Uh, However, that actually leads really well into what happens in the Enneagram with regards to disintegration and integration. I'm really hungry. I'm going to go get a snack. You keep talking about the arrows. Yeah, for sure, dog. This Uh, podcast is organic. (laughs) This is a (laughs) FDA-approved podcast. So the twos can become aggressive and dominating eights. Uh, So the eights are another Enneagram type. And when twos are under stress and in a great disintegration, they move towards the negative attributes of eight. Uh, And then moving in the direction of integration, which is growth, prideful, self-deceptive twos become more self-nurturing and emotionally aware, like healthy fours. And I love reading that line. Me too. Because I am in love with a healthy four. <laughs> I've never heard you say that before. That I'm in love with Kara? Yeah. I don't think she's ever heard it either. Damn. <laughs> That's a joke. Welcome back to Cellmates. <laughs> we're here saying we're in love with people. <laughs> and distributing it and calling, I'm calling, it, a- <laughs> calling it a podcast. I'm calling it a podcast. Um, yeah, no, Kara is my significant other of 
oh goodness, almost six years now in November. Yikes. Yikes. It's a joke. I love her very deeply. I said yikes just because I don't think it's been six years. It has. Yeah, I know. It's like a movie. It's like a movie. <laughs> um, Bro, this is a movie. Self-nurturing and emotionally where, like, Kara has definitely been a help to me in being self-nurturing and emotionally aware, especially this part at the beginning where it's like twos can uh, often have problems with acknowledging their own needs. That I think is one of the biggest struggles I, I deal with on a daily basis. Like Caleb cop has needs. He has things that he has to do uh, for himself and things that are healthy for himself. But I would much rather pick apart and fully solve some someone else's trouble than even start to look at my own. Um, this is a big, big doo-doo energy. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good habit. However, big doo-doo energy. Uh, I'm not the only one with integrations and disintegrations. I feel like I'd actually like you to explain this part just because I don't fully have my head around it, I guess. Okay. Wing four. So um, fight me. <laughs> Direction of disintegration. So Mitchell, the three, uh, in times oh, of stress. I'm not ready to get this attacked. <laughs> I'm reading ahead of you. I'm not ready to become. Uh, suddenly become disengaged and apathetic like negative nines. <laughs> However, when moving in the direction of integration growth, vain and deceitful Mitchells become more. <laughs> cool. <laughs> more... Categorically, any kid named Mitchell yeah. becomes more cooperative becomes more cooperative and committed to others like healthy sixes. Where have you seen yourself become uh, disengaged and apathetic? Uh, my whole senior year. No, I, <laughs> I mean, I, so in disintegrate stress is the key word there for me because when I get stressed, I, I, I call it going into the cave. So like if it's going mm. into my room or whatever, mm -hmm. I just feel the need to lock down and can just be in a space that I can control. Mm. And, yeah. Um, I've been, yeah, like that's kind of it. And it's it's been kind of interesting um, living with a nine. Yeah. Because. That's right. We live with a nine. We live with a nine. So yeah. one of, yeah, one of our roommates is a nine. And when he will get, when he gets into a stressful or unhealthy state, he also goes off into a cave. Mm-hmm. And so I usually know how either of us are doing depending <laughs> on how much time we spend with our doors closed. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a giveaway. Yeah. Uh, for me, when I'm, when I'm a, in integration, growing, when I'm growing, um, yes. it actually, I don't know. Here's the thing about being a three, particularly a three wing four yes. is that I can like, okay, this comes with being three yeah. and it's only exacerbated by having the four wing Yes, is that I cannot tell when I'm doing well. Hmm. You know what I mean? This is why I always search to prove it. Cause, uh, <laughs> the same four that I mentioned before mm -hmm. she, uh, she told me that um, it's a cliche, but it's the most true. It can be that I am my own worst critic mm. the whole way. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely true that like other people can critique me, and I'll take that to heart, and I'll I'll see it as a way to improve and uh, to move forward. Mm -hmm. But um, you're saying you're. You're your own worst critic and you yeah, can't tell when that, you're doing that, well. Yeah, that like I – I'm like chasing the ghost of myself I guess. I feel like that sounds overly – I don't think it's overly dramatic. dramatic. I can get I, – I totally get behind it. Like so integrating for me, I'm I'm Caleb. 
Uh, cool. I definitely can understand that. Like, I see an ideal, and I want to get there. And it's any any way that doesn't meet up to that is difficult to reconcile with. Yeah. Um, something that I noticed about you in, like, I feel weird using the term integration, but I'm going to say it anyway. That's fine. Like, becoming cooperative and committed to others. This happened when we were at Chipotle. We were in line waiting for our food. Okay. And this lady came up to us. And oh, dude. <laughs> Paula? Her yeah. name was Paula? She, she walked up. She's like, can't you kids be off your phones for more than 10 minutes? Yeah, okay. So let me take you inside of my head real quick. For the first 20 seconds of this, I was so ready to flame this woman. Yeah. I was so ready to just light into her. Yeah. And because I felt attacked and I felt like the need to protect me and protect you, even right. though as a concept, like, I love you don't need my protection. I understand. But like, I, I felt that, that urge. Yeah. Like, get <laughs> the f- out of my way, dude. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, I was just gonna, and, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let this play a little bit more. And if she's really that much of an ass, then I'm just, yeah, then I'll go in. Yeah. And this is something actually. If it were, if I were around you, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying I would have like committed a crime or something, but I just right. I don't know quite how it would have gone. Sure. But I was like, this is again kind of back on our first topic is that you and I lean on each other in depending on the situation because mm-hmm. we're, we're very in tune with each other's gifts. Yes. I I feel like that's pretty safe to say. I Situations what... that require like hella strategy that require mm. um like pure raw effort. Um, which no offense, I have more of than you do. I think. Uh, I take a great offense, and you're right. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's not to say you don't have any. No, I. But I'm just, I I, just okay. messing around. Um, that's when I'll step in. But then when it, right. when it comes to stopping and just feeling the room, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also I have feel like I have some skill with that. You do, but it's a lot more with like who's the boss in the room? Mm-hmm. Where's the power? You know, like I'll, I'll ascertain the nature of the dynamic, but yeah. I won't actually feel the feelings in the room, which is yeah. something you're very capable at. Right. And so at this line, I'm like, okay, you know, what? I'm just going to let this play for like five seconds. Right. And then, um, I, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then I let you kind of lead the way into that situation. So this lady, she came up to us being really, I don't know. It, it struck me for sure. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I'm like, I put my phone away. Yeah, I did too. And I was like, Oh no, I didn't. I kept mine out. No, you kept yours out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, you're tr- you're right. Actually, uh, it's crazy. And I just started talking to her because I'm like, This woman has two, one of two reasons for approaching us that way. She either genuinely believes what she says, or she doesn't. And so if she does, that's a crazy breakdown. And I dude. put. On her heap on her coals of niceness. It's uh, it was a verse for that. It's like you're heaping coals of shame upon your enemy um, when you do nice things for oh, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, if she actually does mean what she means, then fine. I will, I will be pleasant and nice and appease and serve her the way that Christ would. Yeah. If he would be slapped in the face. And if she doesn't mean what she means, then that's fine. You, that's the bad approach, ma'am. But I think it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually she just were t- she was talking with us like back and forth, and she's like, "I'm just giving you guys crap. Like I don't, I don't actually mean that." She would start talking about like uh, what is, rotary kids. rotary phones or kids. I don't know. She was 
she was kind of boomering out a little bit. <laughs> she was just <laughs> she was just like doing classic right. like, grandma conversation. Yes. She's like, oh yeah, my kids also have phones. You know, just like, just, right, like right. just parts of conversation. You're like, oh, okay. But then this is where your integration comes in because you're like, that's my brother. It's like, why are we here? It's like, that's my brother. You invited her into your world. And it's like, this is Alex at the cashier. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, she's like, oh, uh, that's your brother? She's like, what's his name? She's like, you're like, Alex. She's like, oh, I'm going to go up there and be like, thank you, Alex. And just mess with him, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then like, by the time we left, we had such an affinity for this random woman. Yeah. I, was, I saw her at uh, Super America the other day. Did like, you really? Holiday. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't say anything to her. She was walking out, but. Look at that. Sorry. That's integrate six, dog. Wow. Community. Loyalist. Amazing. Committed oh, to Oh, that's others. crazy. I didn't even realize this. I One of my... <laughs> I, this is very arrogant of me, but I, at uh, the TV station I work at, there's this kid who is kind of like this little brother dynamic, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I see a lot of myself in him, and I'm so... Like, I mean, I've been trying not to like coach him up, but just like trying to I don't know, guide his steps just a touch away from where I had pitfalls and like just try to see where he's at and give him the scouting report for how I went so that he doesn't have to make all the mistakes I made. Yeah. And he's a six. Mm. And so really that's kind of, yeah, he's a six to a T he's categorically a six. I would love to meet a categorical six. I don't understand sixes at all. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, my best friend in high school is a six. Oh yeah. Huh? Yeah. Which is why we got along so well. That makes sense. Yeah. That's really, really cool, actually. Yeah. Fun fun thing about the Enneagram. I, I learned about this in, like, high school, uh, maybe? I learned about it my sophomore year of college. Okay, so... Because you said, take this test in our living room. That's true. I knew about the Enneagram before college. Um, I, I watched YouTuber. Her name is Tessa Violet. She's also a musician. She made a video about how she's a two. I watched it, and I'm like, wow... I'm a two. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm a two. Oh, man. It was the coolest thing. It was absolutely, like, brilliant to see this person that I followed and, like, I love her music and the way that she speaks and talks and speaking and talking. Separate things. <laughs> she um, conducts herself in her videos and I'm like, oh, two? Two? Th- me. I'm a two. I'm a two. <laughs> I'm, I'm two. I'm two. And we, Kara and I like dove into the Enneagram and it gave her such a wonderful framework for her to understand herself. And yeah. It's that's great for fours. Fours uh, seek to establish their identity. If I believe correctly. Uh, let's just pull that up real quick. Type four, basic desire to find themselves. And the basic fear, the basic fear is they have no identity or personal significance. Yes. And the desires to, find themselves and their significance to create an identity. I don't think the person I want to talk with would have a problem with me talking about this, but when I was spending a lot of time with and romantically involved with this four, that's also coincidentally a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We both like played off of each other a lot for that hmm. uh, because she would kind of ride my achiever coattails, not, not like literally, like we didn't spend any time together professionally, but um, right, right, right. But just my, my, I hate using these words, like my energy or like vibe of hard work and, and, and vision and achieving and execution and stuff mm-hmm. was something that she latched onto a lot. Mm-hmm. And then her emotional sensitivity and ability to stop and, and savor moments and stuff was something I latched onto a lot. Mm-hmm. So one of the things she said was, um, 
she was going away on a study abroad and she left me a little letter and mm. said uh, that you you do what you got to do. You are capable. God's got this. Um, but please don't uh, please don't sprint through your moments in the sunshine. Oh, and I was like, wow. OK, cool. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of sprinting through moments in the sunshine, let's do some reflection on some sunshine, dog. Or non-sunshine. Yeah, I don't know if it's all sunshine. I think, I th- <laughs> not to develop the metaphor too far, but I think you see where you've been the best once the sunshine's there. So maybe we're in the sunshine right now. Uh, it's pretty sunny outside. It is a pretty beautiful day outside. Despite the giant clouds of coronavirus floating around. Bro, it's a clear blue sky. I don't see corona anywhere. Yeah. There's no How can corona be real if I don't even see it? Dude, that's a real point. That's a That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. It's all a hoax that the media has put together. Oh, perfect. We are a political podcast. We are a political <laughs> podcast. Um, actually, I'm going to take this a second real quick to sound like such an annoying podcaster real quick. Sure. Um, this this phrase that I keep using is that, that, you know, this is Caleb and I discussing for the edification of whoever wants to listen. Yeah. That does not imply that whoever's listening has to be silent and that mm. uh, if there's a way you'd like to reach out audience member mm-hmm. if if it's uh through some mechanism that the anchor app has to send a voice note or to just text one of us a question or i might make an email address to post to youtube but then you could email questions and feedback and like whatever like i yeah i feel like it's a trope but it is genuine that i want to hear from whoever's listening 100 percent. and so take that as you will that's not like an order that's not a plug we're not trying to build our followership but just a genuine desire to hear yes so do with that what you will part part of me going through my discipleship this morning over video conference zoom was uh this idea that like the way you uh, the way that i as a believer as a as a future discipler making disciples of christ uh get to know people is like asking questions and genuinely caring about the answers. So yeah, anyone who's, who's got our voices in their ears, I care about you. Yeah. And that might sound weird if you're a stranger to me. I was going to say the same thing, but, but I, I might not know you. That's okay. There's a level of care here that exists beyond the scope of human understanding belongs to the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. <laughs> And That's a callback to episode one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And yeah, so uh, the Anchor app has a place for submission of voice notes. Mm-hmm. If you want to submit something, go for it. Try to keep it under 30 seconds. Yeah, just just it. rip. Just let it rip. Let it rip. Don't do a whole podcast by yourself. Yeah, don't. But... <laughs> don't yeah. I think a general guideline, if I can toss one of those down, is like questions in mm-hmm. the anchor app or like points of discussion or added like bites of commentary. Sure. Longer form things. Call one of us. Yeah. Text one of us. Email. Come on the pod. Email the pod. Come on the pod. Oh no. <laughs> oh my Lord. Bring your phone so we can record with your phone. Speaking of phones, did you have a phone freshman year? Uh, did I have a phone freshman year? He had your moto. Oh, I, I was thinking high school. Um, yeah, I did have a. F- I mean, we can call it a phone if you want. I it was, it was doo doo garbage. Right. It was such a bad phone, but it worked. I guess. It was tiny, like compared to the phone I have now. Yeah. It was tiny. I still have it over there in the, in the drawer. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then, 
sophomore year, I got a new. Well, I there's a little bit of sophomore year where I used your old S7 and my phone. So your Samsung was like my actual like things people use phones for. Yeah. And then and then my my phone that was you know had a plan was literally just like calls and texts. Yeah, I remember that. It was a wild time. It's not the first time I've done that. Actually, I've done yeah. that for Carrick quite a few times. There were a lot of two phones jokes that were being made. Yeah. Um, two phones. Two phones. Uh, so yeah, and I think one of the biggest reflections I have from freshman year, yeah, other than looking at myself and my phone, <laughs> uh, was that like I didn't really expect college to be exactly what it was. There was a lot of college where I was like, I, I want to make a fresh start. I've seen like media and I've had people who've gone to college. I know how this is supposed to work. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I show up my first day. I'm not even moved in. I'm like puking from stress. I remember with, that. With my family and I start classes and I have like this ADM class that's ridiculous. And I'm taking, I think I took like 16 or 17 credits right out the gate because my advisor was like, <laughs> he was not fine uh yeah no no that was not i'm telling you buddy as a as a witness to the fact you were not fine. <laughs> he was there i was there what was something you learned in freshman year um actually i've been thinking about this because i knew we were going to talk about it for a couple days and mm-hmm. i i don't think freshman year was a waste at all Hmm. But I feel like college, there's a definite sense of beginning my sophomore year. My freshman year does really feel like a void. Um, hmm. I was in a particularly unhealthy relationship. Yeah. To be abundantly clear, this is not a statement about the parties in the relationship. Right. But the relationship itself and its dynamics and a lot had happened and it, it's a lot of detail, a lot of mess to enter. But um, but the fact is that it was relatively toxic. Mm-hmm. both of us and it was not very healthy and um i was very emotionally attached in an unhealthy way and so i don't remember a whole lot from it um yeah the biggest lesson from freshman year but it's not like compartmentalized to freshman year is uh just lessons that i learned about being with you um like so we Oh, that's not true. I'm remembering more now. Um, With me specifically? Yeah. Like just the way that we interact now, so much of the foundational concepts were built and and fought for and yelled about and fought about freshman year. Yeah. Um, because you had a roommate that wasn't very present all the time and would go home a lot. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. you didn't have a roommate. Correct. And so, and then I lived across the hall and I was just absolutely juiced to be at college. <laughs> so I was like, Caleb, you want to go do this? You want to go do that? You want to go to this? And you're like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die right now. I'm so overwhelmed. I know. <laughs> I'm like, but dude, we could go to Atwood. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and there were times where like you needed somebody there, but I had a very, well, I, I still would argue I do, but I had an even smaller sense of uh, the ministry of presence of just mm. be, being with somebody in a situation. Yeah. And yeah. Um, even recently, I realized that I've grown a lot in that, with you at least, that like no matter what's going on, no matter how people are feeling, yep. um, I can still, I'm really comfortable just being right there and 
something goes wildly wrong, something goes wildly wrong, but nothing's wildly wrong right now. So let's just chill out. Let's yeah. just, let's just <laughs> hang out. And that was taught with like, I would ask if you want me to come over and you'd say, I want to come over, but I can't, I don't have the energy to talk to you. Mm. I don't have the energy to address you as being present. Yeah. And that's something I think that you grew out of when you had to, mm-hmm. of completely not acknowledging people. Um, but it was really hard for me because I'm all about doing, right? I've right. just come out of Barnhart family, yes. right? Which is also full of a bunch of trauma. And then the grounding principle was follow dad. We will do things. We will, right, we will right, succeed right. in the task of making it through this. So I'm like, okay, cool. Caleb's got something wrong. Let's go over it. Let's talk about it. Let's fix it. Let's solve it. Let's get it done. <laughs> and so I'll be like, what's up, man? And you're like, nothing. I just feel kind of, I'm like, yeah, right. But like, how do you feel? I will never acknowledge my needs. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there were a lot of times actually that I genuinely feel the Holy Spirit just like took over. Yeah. And I would just like be like, is it okay if I speak? And you'd be like, sure. Go for it. Whatever. And then I, I space out. Like I, I know mm-hmm. what happened and I know what my feelings were. Mm-hmm. But I, I, whenever, and this is personal to me, uh, I have a litmus paper test. It's kind of a thing with God that I've worked out. It's my, what, what did Gideon lay on the ground? My, my fleece. Um, oh, yeah. Is that I uh, genuinely feel a little, not like, I'm not like about to puke, but just a little nauseous, a little stomach achy, a little, little funky business going on. And so if I'm feeling like that, and I know this is a very spiritually charged situation, I'll pray and I'll be like, God, I'm going to give you every desire of mine for what this situation would be. And if you want me to step in, I want you to like cripple me with nausea. Mm. And if it's nothing, take it away. Yeah. And so there were several times where we're like, do that, like like within seconds. I'm like, oh. And so then. Time I, to speak. Time to speak. And so then I would just grab one word, yeah. like one little thread. And then I'll be like, I just, and, and then and then we'll just all come out in a way that was super powerful for you. And I was like, I don't even know what I said, but it's fine, <laughs> I guess. And we'll move on. Um, so that was big. I think, I think a lot of freshman year that bleeds into now is just, uh, like we and God laid a lot of work for how our relationship is now. Mm. You know what I mean? Just with how I communicate with you, how you communicate with me, how we read each other, how we're totally okay. That was actually probably the biggest thing is I came to a point where I felt like our friendship was like slipping when it was really just transitioning into a new thing. And mm, I really wasn't yeah. ready to let go of what it had been to that point. And I realized that I just needed to be okay I need to be at peace with the concept of you not being in my life anymore as a friend. And that was like terrifying. It's hard. And then I did it. And then right then was where all the things I wanted to have happen would happen. You would spend more time around, you know, we'd, we'd reconnect, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. Um, I think that, actually, if I can go, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's my biggest lesson. It kind of bled a little bit into sophomore year, but like surrendering things. Like you just said, like yeah. you you were loyalists and you had this this friendship and affinity that you wanted to keep. And then once you were able to just release your hand, like God gave you way more than you could have even expected. Yeah. That lesson for me is the biggest one I learned my freshman, sophomore year. Because there was a lot that was going on that uh, just internally and uh, especially with uh, being with Kara long distance, yeah. I had to learn to let go. 
I had to learn to see everything from a distance and continually trust that God is working and I'm not. Like, I can't be back down with Kara whenever she needs something. She can't come up with here and, like, see me super-duper often. Yeah. Like, we now live in this new reality, and I hate it. <laughs> I don't. I don't have control. Like, disintegrating into eight, they... Their basic fear and desire. I'm just going to stop. For the record, I know and love and eat. Two of them. Actually. Two of them. Yes. One is your brother. One is my brother. So eight's basic fear is of being harmed and controlled by others. Desires to protect themselves, to be controlled of their own life and destiny. When I'm backed into a corner, that's where this manipulative side comes out. I want that control back. I want to be able to rein in everything around me and put myself back in a position where I'm needed. Uh, it's, it's kind of a way of putting myself in a position slightly above others in an unhealthy sense. So like I'm away from Kara. She lives hours away. Yeah. I'm away from my parents. I'm away from my sibling living on the West coast. And like, I want to help them and I can't. And like for you in college or young, we're just figuring out how to be friends. There are a lot of ways that I want a lesson or something. Like I know something is wrong and I want to be able to help you. And I can't just force it into you. Yeah. And even and especially like with you, how you related to your roommate freshman year. Yeah. There was a lot there. It's like, I just want you to see and love this person as I do. And it sounded really arrogant. So I didn't say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. tried not to. But definitely the, the lesson that I learned was like, I learned to pray for humility and not just a humility, like make me more humble, but it was like, I imagine myself being crushed under immense weight and a rock to the point where the only thing animating my body is God. Right. And that, that lowest of state is when I am most able to do all that God wants me to do, mm -hmm. most able to do that I want to do. Yeah. That would be my biggest lesson. Yeah, I think that's a lesson that I think is like re-manifesting even right now, mm. which is like we learned to surrender to God at all. And then it, I think it became this thing where it was like, God bless my steps as I make my own choices. And, <laughs> and again, with just like a lot of stuff that's happened recently in the last little bit here, I guess. Uh, yeah. Is a lot like, okay, this is not at all even close to what I thought I was going to do. <laughs> I could say God bless my steps and, and he would. Like he's still in control. But Absolutely. Um, but that doesn't – my dad actually said this once. He was, I was like, dad, I've got a slogan and I still stick to this within reason, which is uh, if it happens, it's in the plan. Hmm. Um, which is a way for me to try to pass anxiety and not worry about it because like – God sees already all this happening. So just this happened. It's already a part of the plan. Armenianism. Armenianism. Also, my dad goes, uh, cool. Just because in the plan doesn't mean he wanted it there. And, what? Uh, and I was like, yo, dad. All right, bet. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. But um, he's like, yes, God's in control. Good thinking. I like it. I'm with mm -hmm. you. Also, just because you, if you go off and completely go against what God has told you to do. Yeah. It's not automatic blessing. Yes, it's in the plan, mm -hmm. but it 
you know, yeah. So that's lesson from freshman year. And it transitions into now, kind of what you're learning now. Oh, man, I'm in the last, literally in the last like 48 hours, last 72 hours, I feel like I'm coming out of quite a haze, quite a spiritual desert. Hmm. Um, my first ever, no kidding, big boy spiritual desert was that summer. Uh, where you driving pizzas? Where I was driving around? pizzas around, and I was up yeah. here alone. And I, I had uh, one friend really that I spent most of my time with, and I, I still, she's still one of my best friends. Yeah. But, um, but it was just me, and like there were so many nights where I was up to like three, four in the morning, and couldn't sleep, and didn't know what's going on, and you know didn't have a sense of a future. Just kind of felt like tomorrow was tomorrow, and whatever. Yeah. Um. Had some very real instances of spiritual warfare. Uh, just a lot, a lot happened. And I came out of it just being okay with my own mind, mm. which was huge. Because freshman and sophomore year, I would spend so much time around people because I liked being around them. And I knew I would, like, sponge off their energy and, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. would be able to communicate and, like, earn. And then suddenly when there's no, nobody to earn worth with, all of a sudden, hmm. yeah. what do I do? And so <laughs> I really did just become a lot more comfortable in my own mind and a lot more okay with being isolated. Yeah. And I think that's something God used then to come into now when isolation is a lot more required as a culture. Uh, yeah. And so now I'm fine, dude. I, I've spent whole <laughs> I've spent whole weekends alone just in my room. Like you guys are around. Yeah. Like, I'll come out for food and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I'll just come back to my room and, I granted, I'm not, you know, solving the world's problems in here, but I am right. fine with being alone in here. Uh, senior's just been really tough because of a lot of disenfranchisement with um, certain parts of uh, the church yeah. and um, the capital C church, um, the global church. Global. Um, but, so a lot of that... Um, yeah, just a lot of really, really hard stuff. I mean, I said in the last episode that this year's been the hardest year of my life. Yeah. And I still stick with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tight race. It doesn't beat <laughs> the year my mom died by munch, but it does beat it by a little bit because it's been a lot more on my shoulders. Yeah. And I've been stuck a lot in a way that I think threes will struggle with their faith, which is that they will just they'll just work harder. Um, mm. that they'll, they don't trust God's plan. And so then we'll just, we'll do our thing. Right. Cause at least I'll be responsible for my thing and I can mm. own it. But if I give up control and get hurt, if there's no, if I don't have any investment in the situation and no influence, then how can I prove that I was valuable if I just freeloaded the whole way? Um, so you are not a free load. I, I know. Like, but this is why I feel like literal human garbage you know, pulled off of the road whenever I ask you like for a favor. <laughs> and and of course it's weird and I, I it's a huge act of faith for me every time I do. Yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. I know you'll say yes. But the <laughs> fact that I know you'll say yes makes me feel more like a piece of trash. <laughs> you're not the first like, person to <laughs> So You're not the first person to say that. Yeah, right? I, I <laughs> probably not the last, especially not the last three to say it to you. But Oof. um but anyway. Senior year, the lessons are really coming now. Uh, yeah. Like, there was a huge lesson in how I relate to uh, 
some of the closest people in my life how to have legitimately healthy boundaries yeah with, with friendships yeah um and yeah i i don't i don't think i've actually learned all the lessons yet oh really. certainly not by all i mean like maybe any of them like <laughs> like one or th- <laughs> one or two um I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that literally we could do like another episode in a few months that would be a lot more insightful into lessons we learned senior year. Oh, for sure. But like right now, I know I'm learning stuff. Right. I just haven't quite gotten there yet, I guess. Oh, I, I feel that. I, I the, the reason I felt resonated so well with this question is like we're, we're kind of on pause. The, the coronavirus outbreak has put our entire school on pause from – the beginning of spring break to like all of our, all of March has been off of school. Yeah. Most of March. And like, so I now am able to just stop the academic grind that has been slowly killing me for four years. Yeah. It's really weird. It's super weird. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I so appreciate it. I'm loving it. <laughs> and I, the lesson I think that I'm learning now since I have time to reflect and time to pause is that like, it's not my purpose to be in a rat race. Hmm. I started out last summer jumping into my internship, like, okay, I'm going to do well at this job. I'm going to get good with my bosses. They're going to offer me another job. I'm going to get that job when I graduate. I'm going to go work off all my debt. I'm going to make this life for myself. I'm going to try to, bring people that I love out of their bad situations and plant them in my stead, put them in my good situation, yeah. my home, home stead, <laughs> household. That's the word. Thank there you. you. Yeah. Um, and then as I started to work at the internship, I just, I slowly, slowly learned like, yo, this, this is antithetical to God's garden ideal. We, you mm. get up, you, you go to work, you come home, you're exhausted, and you do it again. And you have your weekends where you try to escape from the reality that is this grind. You have your holidays where you try to see family, but all of you don't have enough time to process and heal. So you're just like, haha, we're the same as we always have been. We're going to hang out and maybe drink and then go back to our lives. And you just do that for years. And it's like, that's not, that's not the life we're meant to live, dude. Yeah, that is not a life worth living. And uh, my partner, Mary, who was on my team for my internship, she kicked my butt anytime because we carpooled together. We live in the same apartment. Yeah. Anytime she would um, come home with me and like I would go on my laptop and keep working. She'd be like, Caleb, turn it off. Shut your computer. You've you have no obligation to this company now that we've clocked out. I'm like, yeah, but like. Yeah, but like I want to, I want to do well. <laughs> like I want to, I want to have all these plans and have them do well. And then like, the more and more I stayed at this job, the more and more I realized that like, this is not where my worth is supposed to be centered. Hmm. I, academia included, coming into this the beginning of the senior year, I scheduled out a lot of my time to like when I'm clocked in for work, and when I'm clocked out to keep that balance to keep my priorities straight of what's important. And like when I clocked out, I was out. Like when I was clocked out, I put in like 40, 50 hour academia weeks. And then once I was done, I was done. 
everything was everything is due Monday. I have that homework done. My weekend, my Friday, whatever time is free, it's supposed to be free. I'm going to let God use it. I'm going to let it be free. Yeah. And that's been the biggest shift for me. I don't think that I would have ever gotten to this point because, or just on my own effort, because I have a three wing. Yeah. I have an achievement wing. I want desperately, desperately to be recognized and achieve. And it is very difficult to reconcile with that because it can very easily slip into this like almost legalistic mindset that like if I don't do this, yeah, I have no worth. I have no personhood. Yeah. Convicting you yet? Not quite, but like I'm I'm rocking with you. Cool. I'm vibing with you. I literally only want to convict you. That's why I'm here. <laughs> well that's Jesus if I've ever heard it. <laughs> oh man. Is it time for an outro? Uh, not quite yet. Okay. I would like to ask you one final question. When it comes to the rest of this coronavirus-induced break, what do you think I can do to help you do it, to execute on the break oh, as no. best you can? This is a real question. Yeah. Um, I mean, just... With the way that I am, I struggle a lot to, um, to f- just to use my executive function all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have stuff that I need to do and can do that's more productive than uh, this setup in my room that has a video game <laughs> at the end of my bed. And right, so right. I, it's so easy to just get lost in a slow morning that turns into like five hours and then I feel exhausted. Yeah. And I had one really good day last week where I just like, I got up and I just felt kind of doo-doo, but Mm -hmm. I got on my desk and I worked and worked for like two and a half hours. Nice. Got stuff done that I needed to get done. And so just kind of helping, helping that three achiever, get it done engine, Mm -hmm. helping that fire. Mm -hmm. Because once it's going, it's going. Right. That's great. But I'm like an old car, got a kind of a poopy starter, okay, <laughs> zoom, that, that, zoom, zoom, that zoom, ignition zoom. not always firing. Um, <laughs> so that's what I accuse myself with. Just That's what I was hearing the most just now. You were talking about clocking in and about working when you're working and not when you're not. Yeah. And some of the most I, – so I did this little summer program before my freshman year yeah, where yeah. Our, our hours were scheduled from 7.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. were scheduled like almost hour by hour. Really? And I hated it for the first two weeks, and I was at peace with it for the last three, and I got a 4.0. Yeah. And I, I, I rocked it because I was in when I was in. I was out when I was out. There was scheduled work time. There was scheduled free time. Mm-hmm. And I so I hate structure, and I thrive under it. So yeah. I'm not saying I need you to schedule out like my whole life, but just – I won't do that. Yeah, I know you won't. <laughs> I won't want you to. Seems like a pretty amicable situation we're sitting in here. Um, but yeah, just help with uh, clocking in and clocking out. Definitely. With, with both. Definitely. Yeah. Same to you, my brother friend. Um, my co-journer. co-journer. My, my cellmate. Cellmate. <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's a similar vein in yeah. that I would clock in and clock out and do the work that needs to be done. But I think more so just that 
I have a hard time acknowledging my needs. You have a great time looking and seeing the potential and reading the emotions of people, especially me. Yeah. Like if you see and think that a need Excuse me. needs to be met yeah. in me, yeah. uh, bring it up, Let call it out, <laughs> let her rip. Oof. I've never gotten that green light from you before. I know. That's crazy. I I had this conversation with Kara right before I left for spring break. I'm like, I appreciate when you call me out because for people to call me out is how I grow and I want to grow. Sick. Yeah. That was a good question. Thank you. Um, You're a good question. <laughs> those are those are my cute jeans? No, you are cute jeans. You are. You're cute jeans. You are traveling pants. You're cute jeans. God, that bit was already bad. And then it just kind of <laughs> devolved into insanity. Um, little bit of housekeeping. Uh, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. but in case you missed it or something, feel free to reach out Yep, with the various methods that are around. Hopefully we'll have some kind of links and connection points and information that will help. Um, if there's a desire to be on or to be part of the podcast in a way, um, feel free to reach out. Obviously yeah. it's not a guarantee necessarily, but feel free to reach out. Right. And don't be nervous. Yes. If you send his voice and you're insecure about it, that's fine. We don't have to put it up. It's all good. We could just listen to it and, and, then and answer. And answer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just want to thank people for the positivity and the response and I welcome feedback, uh, positive and negative. Absolutely. And, um, I welcome topics and ideas. Yeah. And I appreciate prayer too. Definitely prayer. Like just that, like we're, I feel like this is a good thing. And it's a lot better than the dumbass idea I came up with in Chipotle. <laughs> uh, like, what if we just talked about stuff, bro? What if we just vibed and then recorded <laughs> it? And then God's like, sick idea, bro. Watch this. And and here we are. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just that that would continue. And yeah. Anything you want to add? Uh, when it comes to outros, here's how you do it. Oh, <laughs>